The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett after a weird week of uh, cancellations or postponements of football matches and two Manchester United Europa League matches. Uh, we're recording just after a 2-0 win over Sheriff after an opening round defeat to Real Sociedad uh, last week. Rob, uh, how are you? I haven't spoke to you for a week or so. Yeah, it's been strange, isn't it? It feels like the world in Great Britain especially has just stopped and we know why that is. But we don't need to talk about that too much. But here we are. We had a game of football tonight and it was quite nice, wasn't it? See Manchester United go away in Europe and kind of handle their business. You know, like we're seeing United now control games in their own skin. And you kind of think to yourself, this feels like the future playing out now. But no, good game of football. Uh, and uh, and just nice to actually see some players back out on a football pitch. Yeah, make no mistake, this was a giant of European football. They beat Real Madrid last year, who are the European champions, yeah. obviously. And they have Sheriff, a great badge. Uh, have you yeah. seen their badge? Like It was like, yeah, if I ran <laughs> Sheriff, that would be the badge. I would draw that badge and put that on you. But it was uh, <laughs> very entertaining. But no, like like you say, Rob, it's nice to see United actually just doing a relatively professional job. Mm-hmm. They were troubled now and again, but it was nothing to worry about, really. They they got the job done. Goals from Jaden Sancho and a pen from Cristiano Ronaldo, his first goal of the season, were uh, the difference makers in this one. And it was a relatively comfortable night. But now United go into an international break and a postponed uh, match against Leeds. When are these matches going to be fitted in? April? I, I saw it was April, honestly. Um, that's that's yeah. the next available window. Yeah, and I've been told that it will, be, it will be after the World Cup because the the when you look at the World Cup itself and the build-up and the kind of when going up to maybe, say, England, taking their players out of the Premier League and all the other international teams as well, that window from there to the end of the last game to the actual World Cup is like, it's nothing. So it, it's going to be impossible to squeeze these matches in. I think you're going to get this huge fixture pile-up right at the end of the season, almost, I think, two weeks before. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like 
six games in two weeks or something like that. Can you imagine how that might actually spoil the race? You know, if you've got two teams going for it, City or Liverpool, and they've got fixture pile-ups, and then they have to play, they might even play each other somewhere in that mix somewhere. But, uh, you know, does it justify that you you had these cancellations and then your whole tournament is spoiled? You know, the whole 38 games comes to a head in a, in a kind of weird walked way because of a World Cup that probably shouldn't be going on at Christmas. So there's lots of opinion around it and I can see why fans are kind of disappointed with some of it. Yeah, crazy season. Uh, you'd always prefer as well to have points on the board rather than games in hand. I don't know whether that's just me, but you're nodding as well. So I'm 100%. guessing you agree. Uh, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And usually watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube. Although apologies this week, uh, as we as we mentioned at the top, a little bit different. Uh, Man United have had two games postponed. Uh, we'll look to be back to the regular schedule as soon as possible. Hopefully next week. I don't think there should be an issue with that. Uh, head over to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe, join the community and leave a comment. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on one of those audio platforms. And follow us on Twitter too. Uh, I haven't really wanted to tweet the last few days, to be honest. I've just had enough of it. But at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob, underscore B and at Promise and MU. Give us a follow. Get in touch. Yeah. Uh, what, what should we talk about today, Rob? I've got in the notes uh, a bit of reflection on the Sheriff game. Uh, talk some players. Dallo, Erickson, Ronaldo, postponements. Uh, and Jaden Sancho was left out of the England squad today as well. So I figured that was a one thing to touch on. We're a bit light, though, to be honest. The, with transfer windows closed. We Europa can talk League. around it. <laughs> Europa League games against Sheriff. Is, is the main story. Uh, so let's start there, I guess. Uh, what did you make of the performance? Because it was uh, a routine win, but like after last week's home defeat, and given the context of the group as well, if you like, if you win the group, I think you get you get a skip around the round of 32 and go into 16. So United need to win the group, really. Uh, and they needed to win this one. They did. And yeah, the, the reward really is obviously if you top the group and go through is that you avoid those Champions League teams coming in. So obviously makes your, your progression a little bit easier. Um, but do you know what, Scott, watching the game today, he put out what I would say his strongest team is. I think with Rashford and Martial out of the picture, that was the strongest 11 that he could put out. It's kind of making a point there. Still haven't seen Dubravka yet. Is he actually at the football club? I know we have signed him, not really seen him. So I'm sure he'll get a game somewhere in a cup competition down the line. But it was good to see United, I think, after maybe a slightly ropey first 15 minutes, just turn the screw and start to control the game a little bit more. And these are very obvious things that we have not seen at Manchester United for a really, really long time. You know, you come out of games like this and you actually feel happier than you would have done in other Europa League wins from years gone by, where you go, oh, well, you're playing Sheriff. You expect God, do, to do you remember the days of Fellaini late winners and, and all this business? Do, do, do you know what I mean? And just try, like yeah. managing football matches for Manchester United has been an art in itself. It just hasn't happened, does it? It's always been rushed or pushed. And last season, I think, was the complete unravelling of it, wasn't it? We actually mm -hmm. saw it in real time from Ole to Ralph to nothing you know, to nowhere in the league, nowhere where you wanted to be. And that was after buying Ronaldo, Sancho and Varane. So it was, uh, I think, I think looking at it now, I think all the credit has to go to Ten Hag. You know, they look organised, they look motivated. They look like they're playing to a philosophy. And is it They perfect? look like they can pass the ball, Rob, as well. 
but just passing the ball five yards <laughs> without anyone blinking an eye. And you're like, Getting what normal football teams I, I, do. I haven't seen this for so long. Like five yard passes down the line and then inside. And it's like, how, how is this happening? I've not seen it for so long. Um, and it's ridiculous. But that's where we are at Manchester United. We have to rebuild from the bottom up, don't we? So it's really, really encouraging to see this. And it feels like the team already, here we are weeks into a season. All right, yeah, it's a funny year with the World Cup and whatnot. And obviously what we've just had in the past week or two. But overall, it feels like there's some Ten Hag DNA in this team. Yeah, it's a new team. It's his team. And there's things to iron out, but it all feels good. I think you, you, this game tonight is a real example of where you go away from home, you just do the business, you don't mess around, you get your two goals, you get your clean sheets, and you move on. And that's a good thing for Manchester United. Obviously, international break now coming up. But they're going to have some time, obviously, to go back to Carrington, to refit and to be ready for the next wave of games. And then after that, after the international games, it's a mad schedule. Like, it really is. I mean, it's something like 12 games in... I think he's, I think the commentator tonight said it was 13 games in a less than a month or Seven something weeks, like I think. This. It, it's something mad. It's something crazy. So there's no doubt that Ten Hag is going to have to utilise his squad. Yeah. Uh, and he, he tried that last week. We haven't spoke since uh, the home defeat to... Real Sociedad, yeah. which the penalty was a bit, you know, dodgy. Worst penalty I've ever seen. I, mm. Maybe not ever, but certainly in, in recent memory. Like I, 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 Let's address it then, just as we're talking about it suddenly. On, yeah. I have no idea how the rule <laughs> is written down. I've, I've read that rule a thousand times. I know what that rule means. And the whole point that the ball VAR could clearly see bounced off a part of his body onto his arm, negating that moment. Uh, there's clearly also no deliberacy though that's not in the rule the referee could look at that how on earth was that given as a penalty well of course you lose the game because of it yeah and United didn't do enough they were poor. last week either yeah. they, were, they weren't that great and that, that came with rotation uh, yeah. you notice Harry Maguire started that game and I think there was there was this uh, graphic floating around of like when Maguire starts United lose when he doesn't United win when he comes back in United start losing again Uh I mentioned just off topic, I'm probably in the minority here, but I, he came on in the 89th minute, got the armband on, started shouting all of these instructions as uh, David De Gea pushed the team up for a goal kick. He did that. Was, uh, David was at a goal kick and like in the 89th <laughs> minute and he had to, Harry was like, David, over there. No, you don't have to do that, Harry. I like, was like, you know. what are you doing that for? Um, yeah, he was still doing warm-up stretches in the 91st minute, you know, and you kind of like... <laughs> he actually mm. was as well. Poor lad. Poor there was lad. literally 30 seconds left. I, 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 like I say, I'm in the minority here, but I felt a bit sorry for him, like how he's come to this. Uh, there's no... Well, if, if you feel if you feel sorry for him, you know, one like equals one tear, etc. In in the comments, <laughs> just... Uh, yeah, I, poor, the poor lad. But is it half of it isn't his fault, but a lot of it is his fault. So at the same time, you know, it, it's a it's cutthroat top level of football, and if even if you are an eighty million pound defender who's the captain of Man United, and then you come on in the last minute, and that's literally it. There's only one way that's going. But he did make the England squad today, so it's not he all did. bad for Harry Maguire. Jaden Sancho did. did not. Uh, I've been rambling there. Sorry, if we're doing this at a different time, recording about twelve hours after we usually record these. 
We normally uh, do breakfast shows, yes, don't we? Yes, we do. So we're used to the, the sunlight coming in and my face glowing and beaming because the sun's right in front of me. And tonight it's pitch black and it feels like winter is coming. Yeah, me and Harry had too much wine last night as well. So, um, yeah, difficult, difficult one. But, yeah, let's talk about uh, the Sheriff game. Any particular player, we taught Harry Maguire there, but any particular player there who did stand out to you? I know I've got three written down. Uh, well, two impressive players written down. Dallow. Hmm. Dallow. Interesting. Dallow pre-Anthony and Dallow post-Anthony. It's like a different machine, a different animal. Why? Well, you can see that the way that Dallow's playing now, I, I tweeted and I, I kind of got a little bit of a tick when I tweeted it. I was like, oh, he's doing Cancello things. Now, he's not Cancello, but what does Cancello do? Cancello squeezes inside, becomes a central midfielder, and then magically appears at fullback again. And you're like, oh, look at that. Isn't he good? He's such a good player. Now, that's tactically not a unique thing to Pep Guardiola, but it's that kind of pressing system about looking after the space and knowing what you're doing that we've never really seen at Manchester United. Again, completely a brand new thing. So seeing a right back who has struggled at times last year and struggled, I think, in the early part of the season, like people said he's played better, and I think he has, but, you know, he's all right. You know, people are saying he's the best right back in the Premier League. Not quite sure about that. Have they? I haven't seen Yeah, I've thought that. Best this year on form, best right. But, you know, some people mm. have got rose-tinted glasses. That's the way it goes. Um, but I think what I've seen from him is really encouraging. And it is because Anthony goes and holds the wing, goes really wide and says to him, you go inside. I'm not going inside. I'll hold that width and you can go and exploit inside channel. And you suddenly see Delow when the ball's on the far end of the pitch playing as a bang central central midfielder you're like what are you doing he's clearly been told to do it and he's he's actually really natural at it so just really really like quietly excited about Delo when he's a player that's never really got me off my seat I've always criticized him I've always felt he wasn't good enough for United but now he brought Anthony into the picture Anthony really helps Delo I think more than say Delo helps Anthony so ultimately we know Anthony's a virtuoso kind of player and you know you know the kind of skill that you get from him in the production but if you could get Delo being a, a more rounded fullback and being like a more modern wing back coming inside wow, you know, you suddenly are moving places. And United's defence and midfield, I feel, since we saw at Brentford, feels like it's evolving very, very quickly. Yeah, it's not been too many games. Six no. games or something like that since? It wasn't long ago. Really, yeah. it was pretty, you know, it was, it was pretty recently. And it's now trying to, you know, thinking about that moment to this moment and how low that moment was. And then saying, right, hang on, let, let's manage to do his job for a bit. Let's see where we can go. I think they've very quickly gone on, and I said this DNA style of, of Ten Hags is pretty evident. So you made the Dallo comparison to Cancelo there. Are you saying that we can expect Diogo Dallo outside of the foot crosses into a towering striker in the of next course. few weeks? Of course. <laughs> you know, not that we've got any towering strikers in that way, but but I do think also it's um it's about variation, isn't it? And about your team not completely doing the same thing over and over again and becoming predictable. Because I think that was something that Manchester United could run into this season, that if they get into a groove or a certain way, they can become predictable and maybe get picked off because it's still it's still a learning process. But it shows United have got variation. So if you've got variation, even just from the players you've already got, you know, no transfer window now to bother you, you get on with it. Delo knows that he's got him, Wambasaka, 
And now we've saw, obviously, um, Alessia going playing on the right-hand side. They're your right-hand-sided fullbacks. That's it. So if Delo can keep his place and keep the performances up, he's going to start every match. Yeah, uh, he came in under, jo under Jose Mourinho. You know, mm. I think he, he was very complimentary of him when he came in. Uh, yeah. Cost about 19, 20 million, I think. It, and something that we've said numerous times on this podcast is there's a lot of players in that team who haven't really had elite coaching. No. Uh, for That's a long different. time, yeah, and now it's like players that you'd written off that you've even we we knew that we'd see improvements in a lot of these players, but there are even some players you just felt like, oh, that might be it for them. Yeah. Then there's no saving them. But uh, I think Diogo Dallo was maybe earing towards that side, uh, but you know he's very much first choice at the moment. United did want another right back in the summer to either compete or back up for him. Uh, do you think he's a long term answer? Difficult. I don't know. Like, as I said, I'm getting kind of a, a bit of a tick saying that he's anything like Cancelo because Cancelo's the best at it in the world of what he does, isn't it? Just he's so good in terms of all parts of the park. So I, I don't believe Delo can do that going forward, but I do think that Delo can be a better footballer. And it's my old catchphrase of is a player useful to you? You know, can a player be useful to your team in terms of winning? I think Delo over recent incarnations, the answer has been no. I think he's been all right, but he's not really helped you win football matches. Now, I think he is helping you win football matches. He looks like a, a, an assist threat. He looks like someone that can come narrow. I think he's, you know, we know he's got a good shot in him as well. So if he suddenly does come narrow and is, ends up as the guy on the edge of the box in the centre of the box... I think you could see him cracking the target a few times. He's not cracking it from a wide right angle, which is a much harder shot to score from. So um, promising. I think that's the way to look at it. And I think this is how the whole squad build needs to be now of Manchester United. It's, it's about trying to just take players on a peg or two and seeing if they can get that chemistry as a unit. Promising on the promised land. Something else that is promising and or somebody else that is promising and delivering, to be honest. We, we spoke about this before we started recording, uh, but Christian Eriksen in the midfield, I know he's he's earned rave reviews for most of, most of his United career so far. And I was looking at his performance tonight, and then I thought to myself at one point, all the justification of... I hate to go back to it, but all the justification over Paul Pogba's performances, what um, what he could bring to the team. Christian Eriksen's just come in seamlessly on a free transfer and has been doing everything that we wanted a midfielder in that position to do <laughs> for six years. Forever. Without a fuss. And it's not even his natural game, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah, he's just a breath of fresh air, really, isn't he? He's just, again, because we've been denied these things at Manchester United for so long... It feels like this alien from outer space has landed in the midfield and is like doing all of these otherworldly things. And all he's really doing is passing the ball five yards and running around a bit. He's a fantastic footballer. You know, it's interesting to hear his comments in the last week or two about saying that he sees this move to Manchester United as his redemption. You know, we've not really talked about that from before. And it's, it's understandable because what he went through a year ago was not just a, a scary thing to each one of us that experienced it and to himself. But it really felt like it was the end of his career and potentially his life. And here he is, a year on, a little bit after a year on. We've got World Cup coming up. And here he is, strutting his stuff as a six-stroke eight in Manchester United's midfield, a position he's never really played long-term before. And he looks like Paul Scholes' light. 
So it's it's amazing, really. Like, you know, we've spent all summer stressing over Frankie de Jong, haven't we? And here we have now, we've got Frankie de Eriksson. He's here already. He's doing that job from the six and the eight, which is all you needed. It's ironic, isn't it? You know, we talked a lot, didn't we, on our show about the value of Casemiro, the price, £350,000 a week, £60 million for a £30 million player. He's not even starting games. You're playing Eriksson in there. So I think it shows why there are reasons for that. But it just shows how good Ericsson is. I think he can't be left out. Like all this let's rotate Ericsson business. No, he's your best player. He has to start. So he runs everything from the midfield and he just gives you so much cohesion. You know, that intelligence in the middle of the park. He makes everyone around him better footballers. It's lovely to see, isn't it? It um, is. And yeah, uh, let's hope. Do you, do you, I, I wanted to, is it too early to do this? Am I, am I going too fast? Do it, but, whatever uh, I'm it is. looking at, I'm just, it's th- two, three weeks <laughs> away, yeah. The Manchester derby, I'm just looking at the way that United have beaten Liverpool I will beat them. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy Tottenham to go to City and, and, and beat them this weekend mm. before it was, before it was cancelled, or last weekend, was it? Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to feel like not everything is doom and gloom again. And there are tools that you have in your team, like Christian Eriksen, Maybe Martial will be fit by then. Rashford has been playing well on the shoulder. Maybe there's ways that Man United can hurt Man City in the next game, even though City are looking one of the best teams in Europe at the moment. Even though that goal last night, that Haaland goal, that, I want to get your take on this. I haven't tweeted about it. I've been silent. The Cancelo assist was amazing, but Haaland's very tall and just stuck his leg in the air. Hmm. Am I doing him a disservice there? I think the thing is, is that like really... Harlan is a physical freak. Like he really is. There's parts he can just do stuff that other human beings cannot do. You know, we just talked about there about an alien landing from outer space. Well, Harlan might be that incarnation at the top end of the football pitch as this alien uh, for Manchester City for the next decade or so. And I just think the thing is with Harlan is he has a very unique hunger. He just he wants it. Like he just wants it. You can just tell you can tell he's the guy in training going, I'm going to score all the goals. Give me the ball. I'm going to score the goals. You're not scoring the goals. It's my job. And you can see how much he wants it. So I think with that goal, you know, it's, you know, it's a great goal. But I think overall, you're going to see a lot more of that from him because that's just what he is. It's just, yeah. it, 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 I know we've been spoilt with Cristiano scoring goals for years at football clubs and likes of Lewandowski and obviously Lionel Messi. But I do think Haaland's got to have his own little unique bit of history carved out. I think he's that good. And for his frame and his physical attributes, you know, in a physical league anyway, I think that he's going to he's going to really enjoy life in the Premier League. And is he the final piece in Manchester City's puzzle of winning the Champions League? I don't hate to say it, I think probably yes. I'm not sure about this year. Not this year, maybe not, but I do think overall that trophy will be coming at back some to po- At some point it's going to happen, it, isn't it? Just because he's so good and what they've got around him, it, like, they very quickly learn how to use him. Like He does it hardly even touch the ball. And they're like, yeah, we found ways for him to score goals and he'll get better at that. I think he'll become more of a team player, but who cares if he's scoring 50 goals a year? You're happy with that, aren't you? It's not like maybe Cristiano's issue at Man United where maybe in the shape doesn't suit him or doing that role doesn't really suit the team. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. a different question but i think at manchester city they've got enough pieces to be able to do whatever they want yeah you, me- you mentioned ronaldo there i did want to want to come back to him in an mm-hmm. alternative universe erling Haaland could have ended up at man united and cristiano ronaldo could have ended up at man city you know <laughs> alternative universe and all oh ollie maybe at one point maybe ollie could have got his man and then united would have had needed. a striker and they would have needed ronaldo maybe yeah uh, so, I, ronaldo 37 in history yeah, Ronaldo, 37, 38 this year, or next year, uh, early next year. First goal of the season from the penalty spot. Um, it looks like he's a, he's more willing to integrate into the system because he knows he's at Old Trafford or with United for the rest of the year, at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, there's a World Cup coming up, obviously, which he's going to be preparing for. He's smiling a bit more. He's still shrugging his shoulders, though, you know. And he's dropping back from his number nine position. Mm. Uh, what? <laughs> what do? You, what do you? Uh, where do you stand on this Ronaldo thing at the moment? I, I know it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But I think the whole thing with Cristiano in the last few games, and I commented on this and stuff I've written. And I said that I do think he definitely looks more mobile in the sense that he's buying in. So, yeah, he can't do the function very well, but he's buying in. You know, he's he was actually kind of closing down space and being part of a press. And it kind of maybe to the standard that I would expect an 18-year-old to do. That's not that's not trying to besmirch him, but it's the truth. You know, it looks like he's learning it on the fly. And you don't need that from someone of his age group who, you know, who's going to be at your club for just maybe the rest of this season. But I did think today in this game... I thought he kind of went backwards a little bit again. So I think he struggled in the in the last Europa League game, which obviously yeah, United he lost that game, Definitely. and he struggled. And I, and I think today was a little bit of reverting to type. It was a bit like, no, I'm not closing down space. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. What I will do today, guys, is that when you've got the ball, I'll run back towards you like a crazy person running towards the midfield. It's like, why are you doing that? It's just going to spoil the shape of the front line. So that's what he did. It, it spoiled. And I think that's why United, when you look at the goals today, I think the Sancho goal was excellent. You know, again, Man United looking like a football team, putting the ball on the deck and playing some good football. Sancho have a really good finish, really calm. I think that could be his, like, his MO going forward, his perfect goal every week where he gets the ball in the box and, you know, smokes a cigarette, jinx one way, beats someone, bottom corners over there, mate. Look, ball's in it, done. That Sancho in a nutshell. And I think he'll do that more and more as we go forward. But you've got to have a front line that operates. And th- there's no doubt for me that, again, Ronaldo just didn't do that. Just doesn't give you 
which someone tweeted me actually afterwards. I went, no, 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 Rob. What the tactic was, the tactic was Ronaldo to run back. They were being serious, I think, here. And Bruno to become the forward. They was running forward. That's what they were doing, a swapping. And it wasn't that at all. It was when Ronaldo ran back, Bruno was like, <laughs> what's, what's he doing? Oh, God, all right. I'll, I'll go into, I'll become a forward then suddenly. So, not great. And I don't think Ten Hag would like it. But when you win 2 0, who cares? It's okay. You can go back to Carrington. You can lay out all the metrics and get out your boards and say, look, you're doing this. I think the problem for with Ronaldo is just that if he's hit or miss, there's going to be games, isn't there, where he gets the ball on the penalty spot in and around there and he scores a hat trick and we go, still a great finisher. But you saw today, I think he had one really good chance where he went through and the legs had gone by the time he got that ball there yeah. and the ball flew over the top. And as you said, he did the, you know, and it's a bit like, just don't do that. Just, just, Calm down. Like, you know, if you can't shoot the ball, pass it or do something else. So I think that's always going to be the problem with Ronaldo from now until the end of the season is that you're going to try and find ways to help him. But if he can't help you, how often will he play? You know, I think when Rashford and Martial are fit, Cristiano's on the bench. Mm -hmm. It's happening a lot, isn't it? Those uh, Ronaldo, you know, putting the ball in behind for him to chase and he's just looking, looking his age. Yeah, unfortunately, he he's, he's like the things. I, well, they said on the telly. I think it was a, uh, I think it was Owen Hargreaves said it, or it was Paul Scholes, and they said, oh, you know, like you see, uh, Owen's Robbie Savage actually. When he gets the ball, like Ronaldo, a confident Ronaldo would turn and run with the ball in space. It was like, yeah, seven years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> he can't do that now. He's he hasn't done that for ages. He didn't do it at the back end of Real Madrid. He never ever did it at Juventus, and he's never done it for Man United. So. There's this perception still that Cristiano can still do loads of different stuff like he's 28 years old. He's not. He's an old man. It's hard. Hard work. You know, I think he gets out of bed and he's a bit like me. Like, uh, back's a bit sore today. That's where Cristiano's going from now and it doesn't get better. I'll tell you that now. Do, do you know, sure. um, I, I actually had this, a similar thought to this today. Uh, I was emailed um, a pack. Uh, you know, mm. they're doing the FIFA 23, doing their releases and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And they do the ratings. And today they send through the five-star skillers. Cristiano Ronaldo was one of them. I was like, really? Still? Strange. It doesn't play got, like that anymore. Got nominated for a Ballon d'Or <laughs> when Man United came sixth. Like, what? It's, it's, it's a strange world. And unfortunately, we do get this cult of personality still in football. And Ronaldo is still a huge personality. There's no doubt about it. He will sell more shirts than Christian Eriksen. But who do I want in my team first out of those two? It's going to be Ericsson every day of the week. So I think United, this is a building process and eventually Cristiano will go and he'll say his goodbyes and, you know, the, you know he'll be adored and thanked and all of those things. But that number seven shirt, I keep thinking it, Scott, and I'm not going to stop thinking it. That needs to be on Jaden's back. Get it on Jaden's back and tell him that this is his football club. you know. And I think when we get to that moment, which might come at the end of the season, yeah, round there next summer, no World Cup next summer, World Cup will be already done and dusted. I think Cristiano might be off for a, an extended holiday, maybe in Saudi Arabia playing football out there. Yeah, in a show, maybe over the next few weeks, I'd like to do a, uh, a run through. I think there's nine players out of contract next summer. Yeah. Uh, what do United do with those players in terms of extensions? Ronaldo is among them, Dallow among them, Rashford among them. Uh, plenty to get their teeth into, plenty to work on at the moment. But that's two, uh, well, that's one win and one defeat in the Europa League so far. You know, that, that game against uh, Real Sociedad away in San Sebastian, win that, you know, score twice, win it by a goal, you reverse it, you win all your other games, you, you still come top. 
not uh, not looking too bad at the moment. They've got the weakest team in the group over two games next because uh, I think Sheriff beat them in the first game 3-0 away from mm-hmm. home as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see uh, how United managed to do in that competition. It's important to win the group. But now we embark on nothing. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing to look forward to now for weeks. Uh, it is international break time. Two fixtures postponed. We don't know when they're going to be uh, rearranged for yet. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling to football at the moment? Because we'll have a Premier League round this weekend, but no United, uh, no Liverpool, I don't think, either. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. not a lot of big games. Not a lot of big games, but I'm glad that the Premier League is playing. You know, I think uh, I totally understand, obviously, all of the reasons of what's been going on in the last 10 days. They're all massively understandable. I think it's hard for business leaders as well to kind of take their steer from a government that doesn't really give them the correct advice or give them give them any protection as to what their decisions are going to be. Uh, but the Premier League got it wrong. They got it wrong. You know, they, they cancelled those games in good faith. They did it because they felt that that was really what the nation wanted. And then all the other sports went ahead and the Premier League went, we've just lost millions of pounds this week because um, you know what. So it happens. And I think that that football in one way, I think Rory Smith said it best, actually. He, He said kind of like, Football gets judged in a way that likes a rugby and cricket don't. I did see that. And yeah. Rugby and cricket are elite sports and elitist sports. So, you know, they have a different kind of demographic. Football is the game of the people. And if football had played those matches, obviously what happened uh, uh, around the Queen's death, then there'd have been no doubt that football would have got blamed for all of the ill feeling. And I think the Premier League have got to be always very careful of that. And football clubs, you know, big PR machines, they're always also very, very careful about all of that stuff. So, yeah, we've missed out on two rounds again. For Man United, it's two because Manchester, Great Manchester Police have all been sent down to London for the funeral, obviously, obviously after the weekend uh, on Monday. And that means that that game can't go ahead. But yet you are still getting games at Brentford going ahead in the middle of London. So it's a strange one. So I think football found it, has found it very difficult to be able to look after it's, uh, itself in light of, say, public opinion. But I think it happens to football a lot being the game of the people. Yeah, that is how it is. And instead, we are embarking on an international break. Uh, there are England matches... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Wales, Poland next Sunday. Yeah, to uh, get a good look at the team before the World Cup. Yeah, Maguire and Shaw. Maguire and Shaw. Maguire and Shaw called up to the England squad today. Marcus Rashford tweeted that he was injured, and that's why he's not in. I think that's pretty much what he said, right? But Jaden Sancho is not in. Yeah. Instead, Jared Bowen out of form. Jack Grealish getting criticism for being out of form. I looked at that squad. There's 28 players on that list. There's 12 defenders in there. 12 defenders. Very Southgate. <laughs> very, very Southgate. I mean, do you think, how do you think Jaden Sancho will be feeling? Jadenson can have a little bit of a holiday, put my feet up for a couple of weeks. I'm playing really well for my football club. I deserve a little bit of a break. You know, I, I'm, I'm a strange woman with international football, right? And I am one of those classic United fans, you know, club before country and all of that. And that's, historically, that's because I've seen many England games at Wembley over many years and seen some of Manchester United's greatest ever players booed by Millwall fans who've got England shirts on. I've seen it before. So, you know, I can remember Gary Neville. I can remember David Beckham, Nicky Bart, Paul Scholes, Phil Neville, all getting booed because they played for Man United. So that doesn't help you when you're a, a football fan in the first place. 
But going forward all these years later, I don't mind what Southgate does with his team. It's up to him. If he wants to pick a Jack Grealish, who I think has only assisted in something like 11 games, goals or assists in 11 games in the 60-odd games that he's played for Manchester City for £100 million, that's up to him, isn't it? I'd rather Jaden had a break. I'd rather Marcus had a break. So we can use England to blood some of our players that are not playing, like Maguire, like Luke Shaw, who need minutes at the moment. But overall, I'm not that fussed. I'd rather my players had that rest, you know, especially the players that are starting games for our football club. How do you treat international breaks as a fan then? Are they switch off time for two weeks? It depends, really. Like, as, a, as a fan... Yes, in a way, because I just don't get excited by it. You know, if there's work involved, then you do it like a job because that's what it is. It's football and it's important to some people. And you 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 ride the merry-go-round of international football for a week or two. But it is immensely boring. Like it's just a, oh, it's yeah. just like even from the first presser to then monitoring the players in training, it was just all a bit like, Ugh. oh, somebody's pulled up with an injury in training. They've had to, you know. And it's normally a United player. It's normally a United player. How many times where I would say, all I care for for this international break is that none of our players get injured. And then you hear at the end of the game, oh, three of your players are injured and they've gone back early. And you're like, hmm. And I'm bored of that. You know, so I think that's the whole thing is that I understand again that there are a lot of football fans, especially in the lower end of the pyramid, where they love England and it's their chance to support better footballers. So they go to Wembley. It's a very, I think, London-centric thing as well. You know, in the southeast, it's their kind of the southeast team. I've called it before. They've tried to tour England around the country, of course, to make those connections. I think the Lionesses do a better job of that, of yeah. being the team of the people for uh, for the country rather than the the England national team for the men's. But overall, Scott, like I will watch the game, but I'm just thinking, please don't get injured, Luke Shaw. Please don't get injured, well, Harry Maguire. You know, don't get injured, but like you know, just take it easy, mate. You know, get the get the get the minutes under your belt. But overall, I I am one of those club over country people, and I I know that I get criticised for that, especially I've spoke to other journalists who love international football and are really like they adore all things England. I just. I'm a red. I'm a United fan. To me, it's all about United winning trophies. It's not about anyone else winning trophies. You talk about clubs, uh, you know, teams of the people. Uh, Wales do that quite well for totally. for us a lot. Uh, and yeah, I'll be dipping down to Cardiff in the next. The Gareth week Bale or so. Eleven, or whatever they're called. The Gareth it? Bale like Eleven. His time yeah. in MLS apparently isn't going that well, but um, you know, as long as he's ready for the World Cup, that will be golf fine. Courses, great golf courses out there. <laughs> Amazing golf courses. Rob, we've had any any final thoughts before we wrap today? Because we'll be back. We'll hopefully be back to normal next week. I don't know if the, maybe the days might change a little bit here and there, but we'll we'll get back to you and we'll tell you on socials. Yeah, no, look, I, th- I think as United fans and as a football club, we're in a good place. You know, so th- I think this is what we've said this year, isn't it? Is you can't judge everything just by victories. We know that Ten Hag knows that we have to win games. That's a, that's a given. But it's the vibe, isn't it? This year is creating something, creating something that's fresh. And it's so refreshing to see Manchester United just play normal football and look like hungry. Like, did you see today, Scott? Like, there was a, there was a little passenger play where Sheriff passing the ball around. And every time, like six or seven moves... A United player was on that player, like closed down, closed down, closed down, closed down. And I'm just thinking, 
I've lost count the amount of times where I've said to myself, why are you not closing the ball down? I think for about the last two years. <laughs> so just the basics, seeing the basics. And I think I'm really impressed with Ten Hag's got a handle of this so early. Like I thought it would be this point that we're at now. I thought this would be much later on. I thought this would be Christmas. And you might be going, well, United have lost a load of games, but they're getting it together. It feels like they've got a cohesion there right from the back. Those two boys, Martinez and Varane, that they are like that they run the shop, don't they? You see it. The passing out from the back, I think, is elite. I think Varane really looks like he's moved up a level because he looks fit now, doesn't he? He looks like the player that we bought twelve months. God, ago. talking about injuries and stuff on international duty. Fingers, fingers crossed. There, touch. Yeah, Varane stubs toe <laughs> out for four weeks, and you're like, no, international football. I hate you. What is it? You know. So, uh, yeah, that's you know, it's the Paul Pogba factor, isn't it? Paul Pogba go there, and his knee would explode, and would be out for eight weeks, and you'd be like, oh, here we go again. But it does happen a lot, doesn't it, with international football? So that's the problem. You always worry about it. I certainly worry more about that than the results for the international team, certainly for England. So. Great when World Cups come round, you know, that's the business of tournament football and it's a kind of different vibe again then for internationals. But you just hope that kind of our main players come back fit. But, you know, those two boys at centre-back, I love them. I already do. I'm yeah. just like, what they do there, they just do everything to a really high standard and they just get on with their jobs. You know, there's no fuss. You know, Martinez, no fuss. Varane now looks like a Rolls-Royce on four wheels. You know, not not two, not three wheels. He looks like a proper motor again. So lots of good things for Spanish United. And all, all the signings look like they're adding some kind of value. Yeah, just uh, one thing as well. Casemiro played the last 45. There was one moment today where he, he, he tackled two people in like five seconds. And I was like, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little end to the show about Casemiro because I've done it before and I'm gonna do it again because I want, we're gonna hold on to this because it does worry me. It's only a tiny, tiny worry. We did a lot on this show, obviously, when that transfer was going through about the value of it, the high value, the wages, everything. We said, don't worry, to fans, don't worry about all that stuff because it's not really important. It's more important you get the player. Casemiro has been at Man United a few weeks now. We've kind of the end of the window and just before. And Scott McTominay is still in front of him. Now, that's deserved. Scott McTominay is deserving of his place, and that's a good thing. Casemiro, for the money that he's here at Man United for, needs to be an automatic starter. Like, he needs to be elite level all the time. And he's building up to it, so we'll see what happens. But there's a tiny bit of me, Scott, that's thinking, Real Madrid done us here. Have they done oh, this but for they, this, they, they this have. value? There's no doubt Six, about it. Sixty million, pounds a week in a deal worth around £150 per the contract and everything. I want more. Like I, I, Scott McTominay is outperforming him because Scott McTominay is going, I'm just going to do things next to Christian Eriksen because he's really good and I can, I, he can help me and I can help him. And that's a good thing. Casemiro's got to do more. And I was surprised that he didn't start today. And the reason why he didn't start is that he did start the last Europa League game and wasn't oh, very yeah. good. Him and Fred were absolutely a shambles. You just said there about Casemiro closing down twice. There was one bit I saw him towards the back end of the, ga uh, the game. But he lost the ball and someone ran him and he looked like Cristiano, like Bambi legs. He went, well. he went, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. You can't have that. You're, you're, sent, you're elite, best in the world, defensive midfielder cannot be like that mobility-wise. You cannot get done by someone from Sheriff. Because in the Premier League, you'll get killed. And I think there is a reason why he's not playing. 
And I think it's yeah, that. So, he did did get done by Sheriff last season as well. So maybe it's just it, Sheriff. It, maybe, maybe it's a Sheriff <laughs> thing. You know, you know, did he shoot the Sheriff? No, he did not. He shot the deputy. But I think overall, I think with Casemiro, plenty of time, obviously, to get into it and to become the player that we hope he is. But my God, he will be an expensive mistake if he's not a success. Like on the flip side of Ericsson, who costs nothing, and is already you're feeling so good about. I'm looking at Casemiro and I'm kind of going... We know who you are. We know how many Champions Leagues you've got. But you need to be winning games at Man United now. You need to be controlling that midfield. And he can't even get in the team yet. So let's see what happens. I didn't like the cameo of Casemiro and Fred. I looked at that and thought, Brazil, you're having a laugh. You know, it's not mm. going to happen. Not going to happen. But let's hope Casemiro comes good in the week's head. But I think it might be something that we're talking about if he's still on the subs bench. Can you imagine that? £60 million sub for £350,000 a week while Scott McTominay sucks his stuff in the middle like the McSauce that he is. So let's see what happens in these games. He's got time now, isn't he? There's a few weeks to go. He might need to get fitter for the Premier League. <clears throat> let's hope he does that. If he turns Scott McTominay into a world beater, I'm all for it. But we'll see. It's still His form is great. Like his, like this is the thing. Form is always, you know, talk about form and class, and form is temporary and class is permanent. Scott McTominay next to Ericsson works. Don't tell me how. It's not something I'd have chosen like eight weeks ago. If you'd said that to me, I'd be like, what? You're playing a number 10 as a number six, and then Scotty's being the mobile number eight. It, it works for some reason. Ten Hag knows it works. That's why he's playing him, and Casemiro is not getting the minutes. So he played forty-five today. So that's a, a step forward. Someone said, "Oh, he didn't get he didn't get preseason. He played every game for Real Madrid. He got preseason. He's fit. So there's a reason for him not starting matches. And it probably is that in training he's just not doing it at the moment. There is more time for him to bed in. Although Plenty. international break is coming up, and uh, you know. Not a lot of Man United football to talk about from here for the next few weeks, but we'll do our very best in the next couple of weeks to talk stuff around Man United. We'll do maybe some contract talk. Uh, I'm sure mm. there'll be some international breaks are really good for out-of-line quotes from uh, any number of players, so I'm sure we'll get one or two of those. Um, we haven't touched on Anthony Martial's interviews from earlier this week early either, so maybe we'll do that on a show in the future. Um, but that's it for today. You can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes, and watch us on YouTube twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, as, well, usually. Uh, back to normal next week, hopefully. Uh, hit the like button on this video, subscribe, join the community, and leave a comment, and get in touch with us on Twitter, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob, underscore B. And that promise and MU for the show. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Man United 2-0 winners over Sheriff. What an achievement that is. Uh, until next time, this has been the Promise Sand. Thank you very much. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.